Welcome to the Christian Men Unscripted Podcast, where Christian men get together to talk about real issues, real struggles, and real victories. We're just here to have honest conversations about what it means to be a Christian man in today's world. We'll be talking about marriage, fatherhood, leadership, faith, and more. And we'll be doing it all in a way that is honest, open, and unscripted. Subscribe today and join us on this journey. Let's do this. Seth, what are you doing? You're not even with us right now. That's probably our problem. Where are Seth you at, Seth? And what are you doing? Yeah. In Michigan. Yeah. I'm Michigan. I'm about to go to a football game. What um, are you going to watch? Uh, Michigan State versus Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. You know what? I don't. I don't like you. <laughs> Ohio State yeah. plays Notre Dame today. That's where you should be. Yeah. Well, that would be much much better game. Michigan State sucks. Yeah. yeah. Okay, right. Seth. Tell us where you're at. Tell us what you're doing, and let's kind of catch up on where we were at last time. Yeah, so I, you know, I'm in Michigan, so I'm on the phone, and uh, I, I'm just seeing uh, Alan and, and John, and um, I'm excited for what we're talking about. Last week, we talked about um, being intentionally serving, and there was a moment where I missed uh, being able to speak to a homeless guy, and Alan and John, you guys talked about your experiences with homelessness in Las Vegas as police officers, and you guys talked about how if you uh, there's a lot of mental illness that goes on in uh, in, in those circles, and you, you worked murders, you worked um, different areas, and and that kind of led us into this conversation about suicide and uh, different uh, uh, the suicidal ideation. And uh, so um, I know John and Alan, you guys have had uh, maybe more direct experience with suicide. I, I have some stories, but I want to uh, defer to you guys first. I um I think that it is what's crazy first of all is such a tremendously important topic and yet we have kind of shared that we're just trying to be open and honest and unscripted in conversation on this and so I'm not going to go into a whole bunch of stats and all this other stuff there are other shows for that there are educators that really work hard to try to do that um I will qualify that having worked homicide I worked um, we worked cop suicides. We were called to those I was on the uh, mm-hmm. with the Nevada Department of Health and Human Services the um, suicide uh, review committee for the state of Nevada. I sat on that for five years. And so I was really heavily exposed to suicide. And then I'll be honest, Alan and I have talked about this. We've had just as cops, uh, I don't even know, double digits of friends over the last 25 years who have committed suicide. Uh, So, and that, by the way, and so those are just terrible numbers. And then worse is now, you know, this crazy increase of, of young people, teens and stuff, suicide and, and, you know, social media and all this other stuff. And so it is a very serious topic. And yet we kind of like to try to stay as light as possible and and really just share the fact that people are loved. But I think um, to kind of go back to our point last week talking about that, that is it is something that has to be talked about, at least from a perspective of, hey, there's an issue out there. And and how can we kind of be open and honest that we even ourselves struggle with issues, whether Mm -hmm. it's suicidal ideation or at least extreme frustration to the point of like, oh, a conversation Alan and I had yesterday, which I'm going to ask him about, you know, um, well, my family would be better off without me, that kind of stuff, where we as a man sometimes yeah. in our own homes get so damn frustrated. We're just like, dude, I just honestly, I think everybody would be better off if I was dead kind of a thing. Um, all the way up to and including guys who have committed suicide and stuff. And so to at least talk about it and recognize that, hey, man, everybody goes through stuff, but you can get through it and you are loved and people do value you. But more than that, the creator of all things values you. And I'd like to kind of t- talk about that. So can we maybe start with your conversation and my conversation yesterday, Alan, what you were kind of sharing just about that, just to be honest, man. Yeah, it was, um, it was a weird week. I had arguments with my wife and my daughter and 
nothing major, just family things. Mm-hmm. We've, I've been married 31 years, so they, things pop up. And then <laughs> <laughs> obviously <laughs> we have arguments. It's not perfect. <laughs> and then, Weird. um, so this, this started, I know I said I would not drive with my daughter. I let my wife do it, but we were going to dinner. I let her drive and, uh, my son was with me. So he remembers me teaching him how to drive. So this argument was my daughter, when she pulls out in the traffic, you know, traffic's coming. I'm like, Hey, get on the gas. You have to step on the gas. Cars are coming. And she's just putting along and I'm like, step on the gas. And I kind of, I'm not mad. I'm not mad at all. But my son starts laughing because he remembers that I would do that to him. And my, everybody's like, calm down. I'm like, I'm not mad. I'm just, it's stressful. <laughs> So I, I upset my daughter. She was upset. Dinner sucked. She was mad. And at the end of dinner, and if she ever listens, I don't think she listens to the podcast, but she's around here somewhere, I'm sure. Um, at dinner, she's just upset. Tears, you know, she's like, and then, so dinner sucked. Everybody's mm-hmm. mad. We ate dinner. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be a nice family dinner and it started with me driving. Yep. Basically. <laughs> so at the end of dinner, I'm like, what is wrong? What, what, why are you so upset? And my son goes, Maddie, he's not mad. That's not him being mad. He's just like that's how he is when he teaches you i'm not good i'm not a good teacher of drivers it's stressful it's like <laughs> life or death she goes oh you think i'm just gonna kill everybody in the car i'm like no it's not you it's <laughs> just driving it's a serious thing yeah. and she goes well you're always mad you're mad nobody does that and i'm thinking then i got mad <laughs> <laughs> once you're told you're mad when you're not mad now you're mad i got it so she, i was like i told everybody get in the car get in the car and i was i remember <laughs> thinking i'm like wait a minute I do have anger issues. I, when we talk about suicide and mental illness, I have struggled with anger. I have struggled with anxiety. I've also struggled with um, that, like, okay, well, maybe I shouldn't be here. You guys are mad at me all the time anyway. I can't do anything right. And that's just a thought in my head. I'm not saying they believe that. They don't believe that at all. Sure. That, but mm-hmm. you you feel like you hear the negative and you, you kind of tune out the positive that they might tell you. And I don't, they, I'm sure they tell me positive, mm-hmm. but I tune it out and I just catch the negative and I think, that's where that anger comes up. And I, I did suffer from anger issues because I think how it starts is being a police officer. You have to be calm. Yeah. Very calm. I was calm all day. People, even people nowadays, they're like, I never see you. How can you be angry? Yep. You're like really calm, but I see red. Yeah. When I get angry, you mm-hmm. can't stop me. And my wife would just leave me alone and everybody leave me alone. So <laughs> at the point when my daughter said that, I got mad. I go, wait a minute. Yes. I've had anger issues. I've worked on myself. I've done it through church. I've done it through prayer. I've done it over the last three years being a better person. I've changed my whole family dynamic by doing this, Yeah, by just putting my faith in God, putting my faith in reading my Bible and I've changed, but I still get mad. And I, I told my daughter, I'm like, Hey, I am still your father. I am still allowed to get mad. Okay. Yeah. I said, first of all, <laughs> I wasn't mad. And for you to act like this is ridiculous. I said, if I'm not your friend, I'm your dad. So this is not angry. This is me in a, for a better word. Yes. I am pissed off Yeah, because you told me this. Don't use this as a crutch because of my past anger issues and my past mental psychological mm-hmm. problems that I might have because, and I don't think they're bad. I, I, I feel like I'm getting them under control, but I was mad. So yeah. <laughs> going back to that two days later, I'm talking with my wife or I'm doing something at work. I'm on the phone and I'm texting uh, it's a work thing. It's not, I'm not looking at social media. I'm just doing something for work. And she's talking to me and she's like, you're always on your phone. I'm like, Oh, for crying out loud. I said, I am doing something for work. So then we got an argument about being on the phone. I'm like, you're on the phone. And then it started like two days later. I'm like not, not talking to my daughter or my wife for two days because I'm like, what in the world's going on with you guys? I'm like, am I just like not a good father and a good husband? Right. I'm like, <laughs> she hates me because I can't, I, I get mad when she drives. She gets mad if I'm on the phone 
but I look at my screen time. I, I remember my screen time on my phone would be like 12 hours, like looking at stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's like two hours now. And this is like work stuff or doing the stuff for the podcast. So I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated and I've never had this suicidal. I, I've never thought, oh, I want to kill myself. Mm-hmm. But I have thought with my life insurance, with everything, they would be better off without me. If something happened, that'd be fine because you, you feel like they don't recognize the things you do for them. I work a lot. I, I retired and went back to work so I can put my daughter in private school. Sure. But I, I come home. I, I've, I've ended up doing so many more things now that I retired, but I enjoy them. Yeah. But now I'm frustrated. Now I'm like, wait a minute. You know, do you guys realize what I do? I mean, just besides work, I come home, I clean the dog poop up. I got two big dogs. It's like 20 piles of poop in the yard. Disgusting. I understand. <laughs> but now I'm frustrated. Now I'm like, you know what? I'm never thinking about suicide, but I have known people that have. But I do think. So the two thoughts are maybe if I. Something happened and I died. Or maybe if I just got a boat and lived in the Caribbean somewhere and nobody knew where I was. Oh, the latter sounds nice sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, the latter sounds really nice sometimes. But then I really look forward to being with my family. Like we went out to sushi for my son's birthday last night. It was great. I enjoy. I look forward to it all day. I love being with them. I could never like do that. But those are the thoughts that I have. Like they'd be better off without me. They get my life insurance. They can go to college. The house would be paid for. Boom, boom, boom. So the, the, the suicide, not so much, but the thoughts of being better without me. Yes. The thoughts of, do they need me? Do they care for me? Yes. Do I, am I appreciated? I don't like to like you to tell me like, Oh, um, appreciate everything you do. But I think sometimes you do like maybe once, twice a year. <laughs> so I just picture that he's just yelling out of not anger, yeah, no, I wasn't <laughs> yeah, at all. but crazy anyways. Stressed. Um, and then, of course, yeah, that whole we discussed that before bottling it in like, mm-hmm. you know, first responders yeah. basically have to maintain control and chaos and look like that they are fully under control. The, that just share, mm-hmm. sa- says that you are actually probably a very good cop, right? When you're dealing with things, because everyone is looking to those first responders. And if they look calm while they're dealing with the chaos, then everyone else can start to right. calm down. Let um, me cut you off. Yeah. Because I'll explain being that this is where my family see me and we might have brought it up. Calm, calm, calm at work. Come home and see red for everything dishes in the sink uh carpet yeah. not being vacuumed dog hair poop me coming home and doing everything and just flying off the handle for 10 minutes straight and the family just walking on eggshells because i'm mad at everything and anything and everything mm-hmm. and that's what i've been able to control well and but uh, there is baggage there and i guess we have to recognize that like exactly like you said yeah. your daughter sees you yell like that mm-hmm. and then there's basically like ptsd i hate to say that because it's so overused yeah and- but it basically is what it is Sure. And she's better because I became better. Like you, I, going to church, going to the church I went to and talking to people and understanding what it means to be a Christian. I had to change me before I could change anything in my family. Yeah. Before anybody could yeah. be better, I had to be better. And once I did that, I saw my whole family become better. Always. That's so always I didn't mean to go off topic. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, I think it's great. Um, yeah. So that was kind of Seth. That's what sort of I was trying to catch you up on was yesterday, Alan and yeah. I ended up in this great conversation over exactly that. Um, because while I, I've, thank God he hasn't had like full on suicidal ideation. I have. And as crazy as it sounds mm-hmm. is here, I sat with this group of, uh, it was doctors and stuff on this, um, committee to review suicide fatalities for the state of Nevada. These were people who are passionate about ending suicide. How do we prevent suicide? Cause it's on the rise constantly. And with young people and with mm-hmm. sexual identity issues and you name it, right? It's, it's all spiritual warfare. Yeah. We understand that if you believed in Jesus and, and you recognize those truths and that there is more to what we see, this spiritual warfare issue is where it's at. And um, so I would sit in a room with these people and they were so passionate and so 
caring. They really were, but without Christ. And so their solution was, yeah. let's put a, let's put giant fences on every bridge. Let's make sure that there's a suicide prevention phone number every 10 feet yeah. on the Las Vegas strip. If people are gambling and, and make sure every single person has a giant sign that says, uh, do you want to kill yourself? Please talk to me kind of a thing. All good, right? Those are all good things. But the reality is it really does come down to a simple issue of spirituality, a simple issue of people feeling alone or frustrated mm -hmm. or um, I, I don't even like to use the word validated, Alan, because like how you were saying, we all feel like, does my family even care? Would they be better off without me? Mm -hmm. I literally had the same exact thought the same this week. Yeah. And, um, and I even unfortunately voiced something like that to my wife. And I hate when I do that because I have had, yeah. I have been in that place. I've been in exceedingly dark places because I feel like I failed as a father when I worked too much or flew off the handle and caused, I caused chaos in my own home mm -hmm. when I bring stability to everyone else's home all day long mm -hmm. and families who are experiencing mm -hmm. trauma, I come in lovingly and I sit on these, a committee to review suicide fatalities. How do we prevent these? And yet I... I'm going to be totally open and honest. And I hate to say this out loud. It's so embarrassing, but I've even mm -hmm. had a gun in my own mouth. Um, thank God. Thank God that I didn't do, mm -hmm. do what I know what it looks like. And I've been on hundreds of them. I know what it looks like. Believe it or not, that made it almost easier to do. Right. As crazy as that sounds. That sounds crazy. But then the, I didn't, I never knew. And I've known you for a long time. But I just want to be honest because mm -hmm. I want to share that. Thank God I wasn't good at it. I know I made fun of uh, Arnaldo. Like he's, he literally our friend Arnaldo that was on, he tried to kill himself like three or four times. And I'm like, dude, you sucked at that, bro. Like <laughs> the callous side of me would say that when, you know, even working those standing over yeah. dead bodies, dead human beings who took their own life. Those are major issues. And, uh, I myself have gone down such dark paths, uh, mm -hmm. to the point of absolute brokenness as low as I can get. And what a terrible testimony for Christ. Right. If I did that, mm -hmm. do you know what I mean? But I want to share that even as a Christian, I know Jesus, man. And I talk to people about Christ. And then I've gone to such yeah. a dark place that I feel like my, I think my family would be better off without me. I'm not doing them any good. It, idiotic. Those are, those are satanic projections, by the way. Seth, I, I, I don't want to go a lot deeper into that, but I kind of wanted to share with you that that's literally where Alan and I were at yesterday, just talking about yeah. it. I just said something like that yesterday, you know? Yeah. And uh, thank you guys for catching me up on your conversations. It's what you were saying, Alan. And John, is that a lot of times we do have various emotions and everyone around us is also experiencing our emotions or or having their own emotions that we don't quite understand or being triggered by something like your daughter maybe being triggered by you and maybe reminded her of of times when you would yell and mm -hmm. and for you to not feel like to feel like, man, like what, what am I doing? She, I think I, she, yeah, like she said, here we go again, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And, and I think even for, you know, for, uh, I mean, I've, I, I have had those thoughts too. I've had you know, depressive thoughts where I think maybe, maybe be better off if I wasn't here or my wife had another husband who was, who uh, had greater earning potential than a, a pastor or uh, if my kids had, had someone else, maybe they'd be all better off. And I'll tell you, my wife, I asked my wife if I could share this story because I knew we were going to talk about this from our last episode, but um, she attempted suicide when she was uh, 16. Mm -hmm. And and then she also, she she had our, our daughter um, and she was going through some awful postpartum depression right. and got to a place where she was like, I'm convinced that I would be better off and you'd be better off if I were to die. Oh. Um, and she... He said, like, yeah, like, I can't wait. I'm going to be with Jesus and you guys are going to be able to do something else. 
And I said to her, um, yeah, maybe you'd be with Jesus, but maybe he would be weeping because you were deceived by the enemy. And that really hit her. And she was like, you know what? I didn't think about that. I did not think about what was actually happening inside me. I was more focused on myself, focused on all these different things. And I didn't consider the fact that this is, this is the uh, satanic projection. This is him trying to get me to, to deface the image of God. And that really impacted her. And, uh, and she, she completely was like, you know what, that, that's right. And, and people don't tell you to do that when talking to someone who's struggling with suicide is like, hey, tell them that that you might be going to hell if that you do that, you know. Right. Um, but for her, that really opened her eyes. Um, and I think, you know, that's um, like you said, John, you know, having this understanding that it is like what a terrible testimony it would be for others. Um, you know, we were we were set free uh, for freedom. We were set free. And. You know, some people would say, well, if if all of us are going to go to heaven, if we believe in Jesus, then why don't we just commit suicide anyway? Um, but then that would take away the testimony and the life of freedom that we would live here as Christians. Yeah. And I think it's funny you touched on a few things. I'll, I think that would be a, a doctrinal debate to talk about as far as uh, right. I believe you're sealed in him based on the blood of Christ, period. But uh, right. that's, you know, I think that's we could discuss that biblically, but I think you're, I think the biggest picture is what a, yeah, what a terrible testimony and what a negative effect on yeah. a, your whole family and, and just everything you've ever shared about Jesus, man, that would mm -hmm. have such a negative impact. Yeah. And it's, and people still do it and it's super sad and I get it, you know, this is not off topic, the same topic, but back eighties, nineties, there was a movie with Robin Williams and I seen it. It was called what dreams may come. Have you guys seen this movie? Yeah. No. And it sits with what, me to what this day. dreams may come? I'm not sure if I got it right, but okay. he dies in a car crash. Okay. He helps somebody in a car crash. He dies. He is in heaven, supposedly. And his wife is so sad, she commits suicide. But she doesn't go to heaven because she commits suicide. Mm. And he's trying to come out of heaven to find her. Yeah. I don't know if I got the premise right or not. It's so long I was a young man. But I remember that movie to this day. Oh wow! And she okay. committed suicide, and it was supposedly in the in the movie. I guess she's in purgatory or whatever because she committed suicide. Sure. And he's trying to yeah. come out of heaven and find her in all these weird places and all these. I've never even heard of it. Interesting. Yeah. It was, well, and you know I remember that movie to this day. So you say that. So I've got a good buddy, and I. It's funny. I don't want to say his name just because I didn't uh, plan on talking. I didn't talk to him prior to this, and he's a Christian guy. He's a friend of mine. He was raised Catholic, and uh, he was a cop. I can't tell you how many cops have killed themselves. Like, personally, I'm talking to some of them very dear friends that I've worked with in narcotics and in homicide and, you know, and the, who end up killing themselves in a moment of um, heated passion, I guess, or whatever you want to say, where, man, just not thinking through it, right? It's dangerous sometimes when people say things like, I'm going to kill myself, and uh, that's another topic where family and friends don't recognize that that's pretty significant. And so rather than say, well, I'm tired of you saying that, go ahead. And they don't realize you just fed that fire. You know what I mean? Um, cause they don't believe you. Do it. You yeah. And that's a sad thing because you're exactly right. It's terrible. And I did learn quite a few things sitting with all those doctors and stuff about that, that people who threaten it a lot, mm -hmm. that's a, that's a pretty big issue and you don't want to encourage that. Um, but basically I just want to touch that topic real fast. He said that he actually pulled off on the side of the road, was going to kill himself. It had every intent, you know, and, uh, but he said he had been raised Catholic. And so it dawned on him like, oh man, uh, as a Catholic, you know, they believe that if you commit suicide, you're going to hell. And so he said, I sat there and was like, oh my God, I'm not like a hundred percent sure what direction this is going to go. I, I can't do this right now. Right. And so, um, 
whatever your doctrinal emphasis on that, we were, again, we're not a teaching thing. I don't want to, yeah. I, I don't think we need to go in on that debate, but the point is that conviction at least stopped him. And so God used that for, for a purpose, no matter what. And that, and that guy has been used mightily. And in fact, he's even helped me, um, with a few issues and stuff, you know what I mean? And kind of a crazy and a super sad topic, but anyways, and we kind of want to talk about it just a little bit, just to share. Yeah. I think there's a solid solution in that, uh, hmm. if you, if you're experiencing that type of pain, that type of depression, um, those type of issues to the extent of even like, man, I might even take my own life. What I, what I would encourage every single person to know one, they're so valuable. They're so loved. It's the, it's the trauma of those around us that would, that is just so tremendously damaging. Yeah. And the fact that there's help, there's resources. I get it. There are, there's like a thousand different, uh, suicide prevention yeah. phone numbers and lines out there. And there are people who really do genuinely care, um, we shared this before. It's okay to go to a dark place sometimes because we all do. You're not unusual yeah. if you have depression or anxiety. In fact, you're probably unfortunately in today's society more normal. Um, but the reality is there is a hope. There is a truth that you can actually be grounded in the fact that you're loved by the creator of all things. And the fact that there are, there's a community of believers, we call it the church, right? Mm -hmm. There are local churches that will, that want you to be a part of their family. They really do. Um, I get it. A lot of people in churches can cause damage, but the, the individuals who are genuinely yeah. giving their lives up to Christ and genuinely wanting to serve are out there. And, uh, you can go to those dark places, but let's figure out a way to get out of them. And if you know people who are in, in areas of depression and dark places, we got to make sure we remember to reach out mm -hmm. and, and not just to call and say hi, and not just to say, I'm praying for you. I just, uh, mm -hmm. a quick story, a buddy was going to kill himself. I've, I shared that with you guys, I think last time. And, um, yeah. He said something pretty interesting, kind of more, very profound. And he's, he's of a different faith. Um, he's not a, a, like a Bible believing Christian like we are. Um, but I spent some time with him and I, I keep trying to check in. In fact, I should have called him before today's podcast. I'm going to have to call him again today um, because he's in a super dark place, but he did share something that he had another friend that was going through something. I'm sorry. I'm messing the story up. It was someone who actually did something for him, but he's the one who shared the story. He said he was listening to a group of men talking about how, oh, you know, oh, so-and-so has experienced problems, so let's pray for him and let's make sure someone tell his wife that we're praying for him. Make sure that they all know that we're praying for him, which is powerful and wonderful, of course, right? Mm -hmm. Of course do that. Please, I'm not discounting. That's hugely important. But he actually said it, it actually ticked me off because what, what I shared with him is you guys talk about talking about the person, talk about praying about the person. Is anyone going to go over and say hi to him? He said, because I had a dear friend and is a friend of his. He said he randomly brought me a Slurpee. He goes, go bring the guy a Slurpee. Mm -hmm. That was a, to me, as, as basic as that sounds, it was profound because he said he actually made contact and did something for him, even if it was just buying him a Slurpee. Mm -hmm. I thought that was fantastic. You know what I mean? Um, so I just yeah. would like to share that. We all have issues. So let's do yeah. better at, at reaching out, saying hi, and, and bring bring somebody a Slurpee. If you bring me one, I want a Coke Slurpee. It's my favorite yeah. one. Mm, I like them blended oh, all of them together. I like Coke with a little bit of banana or Coke with a little bit of coconut. If it's available, I what do, is the one where you I don't get like all of that's sadly that's called the suicide when I was a kid. Jeez, oh, when ironic. I was a kid, if you oh, yeah. if if you mixed all the sodas, Seth, did you guys even have when you were in the modern era? Did you get to go into like a pizza shop or whatever and fill up and suicide on the sodas? Did you guys call that in Michigan? Yeah, you mix all uh, the sodas I don't know together. We, I don't know what we call it, but yeah, we mixed the sodas. Ah, uh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think Slurpees are disgusting. So. <laughs> well, what? Are you being serious right now? <laughs> well, I mean, like, I don't mind the taste after for like the first 10 sips, but I never finish it because it gets all like. Mm. Oh, my God. You mean it gets better as it melts it. off and gets more delicious syrupiness? Oh, oh. Or like a drink? No, I do. Yeah. I like, 
I don't like that. I'm like, I'm buying this. I'm buying ice. And now I, I, I would rather have had a soda instead of this sugary, non-carbonated drink, you know? Hey, you know what, Seth? Let's all unpack. Right, right. I want to unpack this for a second. Well, Are you okay? Well. <laughs> why, do you hate, okay? Well, why do you hate delicious, frosty treats? I just, well, I just don't like joy. You know? I like to kill everyone else. Yeah, God, you drink the most floofy, girly coffees of all time, but then when it comes to other delicious treats, you're a massive hater. Yeah. God. Yeah. Well, I am, and that's because someone's got to be the hater. Okay. <laughs> I guess. So, are you a, is he a millennial? Is that what it is? I don't know what he is. I don't know the generation. I don't know the generation stuff either. I don't even pay attention. I'm a millennial. I'm a millennial. But I did want to uh, kind of, I don't know, end our conversation, but going off with what John said, like one of the things that's important for us to know um that the uh, depressive um, moments is that we're all experiencing emotions and we never know what emotions someone is going through or, or what, uh, what, um, what was it? The straw that is the last straw and the camel's back. Yeah. We don't know what is going on. And, and I think that really should impact us. Like what, how, what are the things that I'm saying to people? Like, could my joke, could my, um, callousness or my, you know, um, you know, I, oh, I should call him, but I'll, I'll call him next month or something. How, how um, am I, uh, speaking to people? Am I bringing them life or am I, uh, maybe causing different emotions? And I think for, um, myself that it also is important for us as, as Christians to say, okay, if I, I want to experience the joy and the love and the life of the spirit of Jesus. And I think it's important for us to to know that that is available to us. And if we're not experiencing that, that, that it's we can speak openly and honestly and say, hey, I am struggling with this and people um, can come alongside us. But, you know, like, John, you, you shared that you had a gun in your mouth and, and Alan, good friend, didn't know. But it's an it's an important thing for us to be able to share and to be open and say, man, I'm, I'm in this dark place right now. Can I, can you pray for me or can you send me a word of encouragement or something to, to know that there is no shame. There is no, there is no, there is no place dark enough that you would go that is not available to God's light and redemption. And uh, I think that's an important thing for us to remember that God wants to redeem us and he's here for us. And we all should uh, speak as people who are loving and caring and not, and not, um, kind of flippantly say, oh yeah, I'll pray for you, but go and be a part of that person's life and be a part of the recovery of love and joy in their life as well. Seth, I love you pointed out two things, two, two sides to that coin. One is if you're the person who's experiencing the depression, you're exactly right. I'm embarrassed to even say that I was at that dark of a place. I'm embarrassed to say it. And then I'm embarrassed to say that I still get angry and will say things like that. I still will. And I'm super embarrassed and I know I'm a work in progress and I'm working on it. I really am. But I want I wanted to be open because I know there are people out there who have gone to that deep of a place and have never shared that. And so you, you're exactly right. It starts there when you're on that side. The flip side is if you're not experiencing that, thank God, one, be appreciative and praise the Lord. Um, mm -hmm. But you, you said something super valuable just now, and that is that our words can be damaging or our words can be edifying. We're called to build people up. Mm -hmm. Are we being the salt and the light? And it is a habit that I have tried and I'm going to try to get back into. In fact, for a while I was working on it. And that is to say the positive thing that I'm thinking about the person that I'm with or talking mm -hmm. to rather than 
thinking in my mind, oh man, this guy is really cool. And that was a really funny thing. Or I, dude, his shoe yeah. with Alan, his shoes are really cool. You know what? I, <laughs> instead of just thinking it, those are the times that actually saying it out loud might be that word of encouragement to write, to allow that person to recognize that they are seen going all the way back to the opening conversation about even our own families. It sounds almost kind of feminine or kind of weird or kind of weak to say, I, I want to be validated basically is what you're saying. When you, mm -hmm. when you say, man, my family, okay. They say, thanks for dinner. or Thanks for this. And you think, dude, I work like 50, 60 hours a week. I've almost been killed. I don't know how many times I've been exposed to X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And, uh, and I mean that in whatever profession or lifestyle or whatever. And I don't know that my family knows that one, they might not. And that's okay because we don't, yeah. we, they don't need to know all those things. They know that they're loved. They, they're, if they're happy and joyful, they're actually radiating what you have provided for them without even knowing it. Right. Because they're safe and secure. Um, but sometimes it's, it's nice if you're that person who is in a good place, then build up people around you all the time and try to say those things and make sure they're okay. And don't just say, Hey, how are you? Sometimes I get it. We're, we're busy, but sometimes to say, Hey, how are you doing? And actually look someone in the eye and say, I'm being serious. Like you look good. You look healthy, whatever. Um, or, you know, I don't want to be rude, but are you getting enough sleep? You look a little tired, Alan. But you know what I mean? To actually, yeah. <laughs> the point is to show some genuine concern. So Seth, I think hopefully yeah. I'm summarizing that a little bit, but as a believer yeah. in Christ, we're called to be salt and light. And part of that has to do with to uh, yeah. bringing in uh, um, delightful conversation in the best possible way. I kind of, that sounds yeah. facetious and it is a little bit, but I mean, but I actually mean yeah. it genuinely is how can I actually build this person up in the moments that I have with them, whether I know them or not, the, the clerk at the store or whatever. Yeah. It's like kind words yeah. can go a long way. Yeah. I think if we can leave any, you know, I know we're going to wrap up here. Even, Alan, if it's but, a, even if it's just a cashier at the grocery store, even if it's a cashier at the grocery store or the poor know. guy on the side of the road that has a sign that's la literally begging for a hug and, we just chuck yeah. our soda at him, yell at him while we drive by. I'm, I've, I've kind of expanded you on your story your a little bit, <laughs> Seth. What you, what you got, Alan? Yeah. Before we all go, did I like pumpkin spice lattes? You like pumpkin spice? And <laughs> my Seth, favorite part of the year because it reminds me of uh, Halloween, which I like. It's, yeah, it's fun. It's, it's fun. candy, it's nostalgia. Fall, fall. It's, it reminds me. Of, but I like the Americana like, of it. Right. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, and the fall and the you're right because it because it actually it's that kind time of a, year. yeah. There's a whole bunch to it and yeah. fun childhood memories and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Seth, how's Michigan? Yeah. Let's just ask you before we go. We got to ask about that. Is it is it real pretty? Are you, uh, what are you doing? Cold? It's like seventy degrees, and like I don't like it. And there's mosquitoes. <laughs> I got so many mosquito bites. And I hate that. Well, we have that in Vegas right now. now yeah. yeah, which I've never had. All right, what else? Yeah, hey, Whoa, okay. Alan, ask Seth a few questions as we go out, so that you can cut them off because we do need to wrap this up. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, are you going to the game today? To the Michigan? I am. You are okay. Nobody cares. Okay, yeah, I'm, gonna be a, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's fall. That's what I'm talking about. That's why you should get a pumpkin spice latte on your way to the football game because that's great. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all right. You know what? I might, I might do that for you, Alan. All right, all right. Well, well, he will do that. He likes all the girly coffees. Yeah. It's just slurpees that he hates. <laughs> <laughs>